Parenting is hard. Few of us feel up to the task. The world is shifting, quickly and dramatically. All of us feel the changes affecting our families. The stress and pressure can be intense. We are here to help sort the good and the bad, provide insight and bring hope. Welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. We're so glad you stopped by. Welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. I am Pastor Brad Mathias, your co-host. I'm Robert Beeson, your other co-host. That's right. He's not a sidekick this season, if you've noticed. Yeah, I've graduated. I have, not, I have not referred to any of that sort of banter. On air. On air. I have not demeaned you in any way, actually. On air. Oh, that's true. But that's where we're at. We're making progress. I think so. I think our therapy is really helping. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, okay. You held back a retort. I felt it. Yeah. <laughs> You there were, were there are many things I wanted to say. You were ready to jump right to on that, weren't you? Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I appreciate it. Robert, fun <clears throat> fact for you. Please. Uh, sea otters. Yeah. D- delicious. Ooh. Oh, that's wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sea otters hold hands when they sleep to keep uh, from drifting apart. That's sweet. Isn't it? Yeah. There are sea otters in Maine. Are there really? Yeah. I've seen them. Where... Where are they from? Like, what what part of the world sea otters? I, I don't even. That's not everywhere, right? Well, there's sea lions, which are sort of bigger. Yeah, you know, almost walrusy looking guys. Right. But sea otters are a little smaller. They're smaller. They're quick. Yeah. Okay. They they kind of frolic. And they hold hands. So Evidently, yeah. That's I mean, that's that's on the Google fun facts. And uh, for me, I've seen some sea otters. I was on Scudic Point which is uh, in Maine. It's part of the Acadia National Park. And they were right in the water, like 20 yards from the shore, and they were just kind of hanging out, like looking at you, hmm. popping up out of the water. You could tell they're real curious. Yeah. They're not, you know. So you don't eat them? I don't think that's a good plan. Okay. No, and I, I think generally that's frowned on. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's pretty much. That's good to know. Yeah, I think you should know that. Yeah. So uh, positive fact for today. We've been doing positive facts. Yeah. Because the world is full of negative. Um, did you know that teens are giving back more? Like they're, no. contr- what do you- they're doing more things for uh, volunteering. Says who? Says the U.S. Bureau of Labor and Statistics. Interesting. Teenagers, 16 to 19 years old, continue to have a high volunteer rate of 27% compared to 20 to 24-year-olds who are only at 18%. That's really incredible. They're higher than the 25 to 34-year-old. Wow. So uh, the millennial sort of missional outlook of life, the social justices that we've heard about a lot in the church lately, those are definitely affecting teenagers today. And so guys like us, when we were teens, probably weren't as focused on the needs of others. I definitely wasn't. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, we were We were a little selfish. <laughs> A little bit, yes. <laughs> we wanted a, little... a BMW and a new suit. Yeah, it was kind of. Yeah, it was a different. Well, that time. is encouraging. That's good news. It is good news, and I I think for Christians in particular, they get barraged, you know, in social media with everything that's going wrong, and unfortunately, a lot of marketing is fear based. Mm-hmm. So you know, they they throw some terrible statistic at you to get you to respond, and right, and, you know, it's good. It's good for parents to know that God is still on the throne, mm-hmm. and uh, we are not alone. In this uh, this struggle today, we have a really unique guest. Yes. This is this is someone that I uh, had not met before uh, today, but 
she has been a significant voice in women's ministry for quite a while. And uh, she is an author of over, she's got four books, and her most recent book is Grace and Guts. Her name is Shannon Perry. Welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. Thank you so much, Brad. It's great to be with you this morning. And Robert, and great news about the sea otters. How sweet is that? Yeah, I know, yeah, right? They hold hands. Yeah, it's yes. great. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, Robert has a, he's a, he's a foodie, so that would be normal for him to wonder what they taste like. He's a chef. So <laughs> yeah, I, I got that part too. I, I thought maybe that was just a guy thing. You know, no, <laughs> no, no I think a, it's my own uh, madness. Well, Robert is actually a great chef and had a restaurant at one time. So this is, you know, okay. you got to know him. So, but we yes. didn't serve sea otter, nor would we. No, just, I, the, we're gonna get just tons to of clarify that. Hate mail. Yeah, so we don't get the emails. Yeah, <clears throat> Shannon, we I've been reading through some of your bio and just sort of orienting myself around what you do. Um, you've been described as a cross between a comedian Chanda Shonda Pierce and Bible teacher Beth Moore. Now, I've seen That's both good of company. them. Yeah, I was like, I've seen both of them, and they're both at the top of their game. Uh, you've been named a favorite speaker by many women's conferences and groups, and you host a weekly TV show, Grace in High Heels, which airs on five networks and reaches over 100 million homes. You are doing a lot. Well, yes, I am. And, you know, I started off, Brad, doing none of that. Uh, didn't want to, didn't think I would ever do any of that. Actually, I was a school teacher and a school counselor huh. uh, for 14 years. I was in the public school system and I was the counselor at a school of over a thousand kids. And one day, um, just had one of those days where things just went crazy. We had a dad that kidnapped his daughter from school and I had to call that mom. Oh my goodness. Uh, you know, to tell her about that. And then the same day we had a dad who broke into our school and was threatening to kill the principal. And then we had another. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Then we had two parents that were murdered that morning at the house. And I had to go be sure the kids were with CPS. And I, I came home that night. I, I was in a good school district. My goodness. <laughs> and I came home that night and I was talking to my husband he, in, for over dinner. And he said, you know, I had a really bad day today. I said, you had a bad day? Let me tell you about my day. Mm -hmm. And when I did, he said, and you're done. And I had no idea what I was going to do. I had been singing professionally since I was 18. I really thought that's all I would ever do. And as I began to sing, people would always say, do you ever speak? And I said, oh, no, I talk like I'm six. When I call to make a plane reservation, they always say, will your mom be traveling with you? So no, no, <laughs> not a speaker. And then they said, well, what about, so I started speaking and they actually uh, started coming to listen. And then they said, what about writing? And I said, oh, no, I'm not a writer. I'm a singer and a speaker. And, of course, now I've written my fourth book. And then they said, what about TV? How about doing a TV show? I said, no, no, I'm not a, I'm not a TV show host. I'm a singer, speaker, writer, radio host. And now I have a TV show that goes into over 100 million homes every week. I said, the next thing I'm going to say is I'm not a millionaire and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> I like your thinking. I, I, like, I like the progression to that logic. Yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have a master's degree in education and counseling. And you're certified instructor in parenting and crisis counseling. So you have not only done some of this, but you've actually learned about why people act the way they do and uh, yes. why, why people struggle in so many different areas of life. You know, we focus on the parenting struggles of life. You've, you've been through some struggles. Tell us a little bit about those last five years that led up to you writing a book called Grace and Guts. 
Well, great question. Um, well, all in one year, actually, I, my mom was diagnosed with cancer four years before I wrote the book. And um, she was my best friend, my traveling buddy, my road manager. She did everything for me. She was my right hand, literally. And when she was diagnosed, it, it just really turned my personal world, my professional world upside down. And I'm an only child. So I was her caretaker for all those, you know, all those years. Hmm. My dad is elderly, too. And in that same year, the year that my mom was really uh, starting to get really sick, my dad was also diagnosed with cancer. Oh, and yeah. so I had two parents checking in at MD Anderson Hospital at the same time. Then in that same year, as you remember, Hurricane Harvey, we had that little hurricane here in Houston mm -hmm. called Harvey that demolished our town. And it, it ruined, it got into everything except my home. So I'm so grateful for that. Uh, but it did ruin a lot of our stuff. And so that that same week as Hurricane Harvey, they thought that they found cancer in my eye and I'd never had surgery at my age. I'm old and I've never had surgery. <laughs> and so we did my first surgery ever. And then that same year, um, I had a very freak horse accident. My horse um, was her back foot was caught in the stirrup of her blanket. When I went out to release her, she fell over on top of me. And to get a thousand pounds off of me, I screamed to get her off of me. And when I did, she went one way with the top part of my finger and I pulled back with the other part of my Ugh. finger and was able to hold it on and go cut her out of her straps before I went to the emergency room and they actually sewed my finger back on and Oh my it. goodness. So I have just, and then my only son was deployed to the Middle East that same year. So that's when I realized you've got to have some real grace and some real guts just to do life, but especially to do parenting. Hmm. That was a heck of an answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about each one of those things. I'm like, 2017. Just one of those things would be pretty yeah. overwhelming. Do you have a plaque in your, your house that says, I, I survived 2017? Some kind of certification. I don't, can, can you guys come up with that? I would yeah. be so honored to receive that on, yeah. your, on behalf of your state. Your yeah. State. That would be amazing. On behalf of Brilliantly Brave Parenting, we want to yes. commend you for your guts and grace. Yes. Thank I mean, you. Look so at, when you look at all those things, I'm sorry, Brad, I cut you off, but no, I, okay. I fully do, intended you to. do it all the time. Um, <laughs> so if you're looking at, you know, uh, guts and grace and, and just based on what you faced that one year, um, I know that in the book you get into depth, but w what are some of the key strategies that you learn, like in the process of having to walk through those things in, in. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a great question. Um, I think the main thing that I really learned is faith and trust in, in God, who God says he is. You know, we can we can stand on a stage all around this country. I can stand on a stage and talk about my faith and tell how much I trust God. And we've got to trust God. But I'll tell you, when you're getting hit in the ring of life over and over and over again, you learn what faith and trust really looks like. Because you come to a crossroads where you have to decide if you really believe what you say you believe. And when things are not going our way, when things are not working out in any way, the way that we thought that they would, we really have to come to a place where we fall on our face and say, you know what, Lord, I still believe. I still believe you can do this. I still believe you are faithful. I still believe you are who you say you are in your word. And I think that was the biggest thing I had to, to come to grips with. And one of my favorite stories that happened to me during all of that, if I can share it, it's, yeah. it's, it's I'll make it shorter than it is. And I was at that moment, I think, you know, where I had that time of 
God, what's going on? What are you doing? My mom wasn't getting healed. And I, I, everybody around the country was praying for her. And sometimes when we think if we just pray with enough faith, if we just pray harder, if we just pray longer, if we just pray louder, something's going to happen. And when it wasn't happening, I, I, I went upstairs one night in my home here and I, I just threw myself across the bed. And uh, I just, when I flung myself across the bed, it, it was that, what I call that snot in the carpet cry. If you've ever <laughs> had those cries. I don't know if you guys have those oh, cries. Yeah. We have those cries. We have those ugly cries. And it was that snot in the carpet cry where all I could say, I, I couldn't get any words out. All I could say is the word Jesus. That's all that would come to me. But you know what? That was enough because mm. he he came to me and, and I didn't have that experience where a lot of people say I felt him. I, I touched him. I smelled him. I did not have that experience. But I can tell you, I knew he was in that room because of the peace that was overwhelming to me. And I went from this sobbing, crying all of a sudden to this hysterical laughter. And I was like, OK, this is weird. If people see you, they're going to think this is weird. And I remember telling myself, you need to stop this. People are going to think you're doing, you know, I had no medication in me. <laughs> this is just weird. But I couldn't stop laughing. And when I stopped laughing, you know what God said to me? I, I'm not out loud in my spirit. He said, I allowed you to have this experience tonight, Shannon, because I wanted you to have a, just a glimpse of what your mom is getting ready to experience. Hmm. And I cool. knew that my mom was not going to be healed this side of heaven. But you know what? Anytime I start getting upset, you know, we, we go through those natural stages of grief. And one of those is anger. Anytime I feel that I have to go back to that moment and say the God of the universe took a moment in time to step down into my reality, into my pain, into my hurt and say that and that word to me that I've, gonna, I've got your mom. It's OK. And interestingly enough, the last mom, the last words my mom ever spoke out loud, she said, I think it's Jerusalem. Hmm. That's the last thing she ever said. And, you know, heaven is the new Jerusalem. And so it was just a confirmation over and over. Not that I doubted where my mom would be, but just those reminders of how sweet, even in those most difficult, hardest moments of our life, he will he will come into those awful places and remind us he's still on his throne. He's still God. And he still got it. Hmm. I love that quote. Yeah, he still got it. Um, boy, he sure does. You know, as I as I thought about uh, this interview, and I, I kind of did my homework this morning. I was reading through some of your your writing and some of your thoughts, and I, I was in, encouraged that you took the time with this book to identify the twelve areas that many women struggle with. Uh, in fact, yeah. you you did some polling. You did some some homework and research of your own to identify things that most uh, ladies are engaged in, in wrestling through in their life. Talk about that a little bit. Tell us what you found and, and how this book could help someone. Wow. Well, I did, I did exactly that. As I'm out on the road, I do a lot of listening, of course, to women. Uh, you know, my, my rule of thumb is I'm the last one out of the building besides the janitor in any conference I do. And that's because people are often hesitant to approach me as long as there's other people around because of their deepest, darkest things that they want to share. They don't want to share them in front of anybody else. So I make it a point to sit at my table and, and just listen. And through listening to these women, the things that they were sharing, the things that they were pouring their heart out about, um, I began to see a pattern. It was some of the same things over and over and over. 
So the way I, I got the 12 topics for the book is that I began to interview or just ask people on social media, um, what are the 12 things you struggle with the most? Or what are the things you struggle with the most? And I took the top 12 and I interviewed actually wound up asking over 5,000 women. Wow. And it was interesting how they came up with the same things over and over. And I can tell you one of the top things that they came up with was about finding their purpose. Um, I think a lot of us as as moms, I know I'm, I'm a mom, uh, as a wife, I'm a wife, but we, we tend to get ourselves labeled in our roles instead of finding out what has God specifically placed us here to do. Now, there is a season that that's what we're to do is, is to be a mom. And um, of course, if we're a wife, that's that's for eternity uh, as long as we're on this earth. But the point is, when our kids leave home, when our children go off to school, a lot of these women are stuck thinking, OK, now what am I supposed to do with my life? I, I don't know. I, this is the only role I've ever had. And so they kind of go through this crisis. And so I wrote a lot about finding your purpose um, because that was one of the top things that they mentioned. Another thing was insecurity and inferiority. And um, no matter what season of life we're in, and I say season because, you know, as we, our seasons of life change, what I'm doing 10 years ago, I'm, I wasn't, I'm not doing now. And so as our seasons change, we begin to say, you know, what, what am I supposed to be doing? What is it that, um, I, I'm not doing, I, I need my gifts. I need to know my talents. Lord, what am I supposed to be doing now? So I went through all of that uh, to say, when we feel inferior and we, we feel insecurity, often we're not going to step out and try those things because we, we don't believe we can do it. But I want to say this to viewers. If God has placed a desire in your heart and it doesn't go away <laughs> and you have had this passion chances are real good that he's gifted you to step into that passion somehow and to do that. Uh, you know, I always tell people, if you if you can't sing, don't sign up for the praise team. I mean, it's it's not your gift. Uh, it, if, if I, if I, you know, look, look, I don't, I'm not a cook. When I tried to cook for the sick people of the church, they were worse off when I left. I don't try. That's not my gift. But my gift is, is encouragement. My gift is communication. And so I like to talk. What they used to put me in the corner for, Brad, now they're paying me for it. I love to talk. And so we That's have to awesome. look and see what we're good at doing because God has gifted each one of us for a specific purpose that only we can fulfill in the way he would have us to fulfill it. That's great. I love that. And I, and I, and I do agree, you know, I've told Brad many, many times to not sing and he doesn't, <laughs> he shouldn't be a part of, of a choir, but he continues to. So I'm really glad that you affirmed that. That's something that we've been walking through right, here. That was on a the podcast, personal, wasn't it? yeah, yeah, but that's good. I mean, it's really it's good. Um, one of the other things, as I think about Brad, um, and I know you address in the book, is dealing with difficult people. Um, <laughs> and so, I would love to hear some of your insights on that because we wow. all deal with difficult people from time to time. You know that that is such a great question, and I think we have to, you know, Brad. First of all, I, I don't know you, so I'm just going to say this can't pertain to you. You seem so kind. <laughs> um, but in case it would, um, you know, first thing we have to do is we have to identify what difficult people are. We can all be difficult. Mm -hmm. I can certainly be this difficult. This is true. Skype can be difficult. She's looking at um, you right now. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, all have to, we all can be difficult. But here's, the, here's what I know about difficult people and what the word says. Difficult people uh, show a behavior of pattern consistently over time. Uh, they show hmm. bad behavior consistently. You know, we can show bad behavior, but we feel remorse for it. We're sorry for it. We wish we wouldn't have done it. 
uh, we're convicted by it. Difficult people are just sorry they got caught. They're mm -hmm. usually not sorry. And so we have to really look at difficult people and say, are, are, is the behavior that they're demonstrating bad and consistently? And if it is, then we have to know how to deal with those difficult people. And there are many suggestions in the book because I, I definitely had my share of those people in my life. And uh, I didn't understand the difference between people who could be really convicted about their uh, behavior and people who were not convicted. Because I'm convicted if I do something bad to somebody. I, I don't like to hurt people. But those those difficult people really are all about them. They're out about they're about getting their needs met and they will use people however they can use them to get their needs met. And they will walk over people if they need to. And we have to, as Christians, know how to deal with those people because Jesus dealt with difficult people. They're called the Pharisees. And the Pharisees were all about them and getting their needs met. But Jesus loved the Pharisees, but he knew how to love them. And so that's what I address in the book is how do we love our difficult people in our lives? Because some of us are married to our difficult people. Some of us work with our difficult people. And so we have to know how to handle those people uh, correctly the way Jesus did. And if you remember in the Bible, Jesus never said to the Pharisees that he agreed with them. He always confronted them in love. Uh, but he did not ever let them run over him. He never let them reestablish his agenda. And so we have to know how to live by God's agenda when we're dealing with difficult people, because they will definitely try to alter our agenda if we let them. You know, that's so true. Um, I, I want to make sure we cover this one issue because I think it's important in today's uh, Christian culture um, uh -huh. that, that there is a place for uh, Christian counseling fitting with Scripture. And um, this idea that, that some uh, Christians sort of take the Bible and, and simplify it and say, if you're just following Christ and you're reading Scripture, then you wouldn't need a counselor or you wouldn't need help because uh, the Holy Spirit is strong enough to fix you. And you, you talk about in, in your media kit that there are issues that, that many people don't realize are actually in Scripture. And you give the example of the prophet Elijah. Hmm. I love that. Yeah, I saw that in Did your you notes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, talk about that a little bit, because I think for the Christian parent, in particular moms, they feel guilty sometimes if they're in a really strong Christian church environment for if they, if they admit they need help. Um, and so I'd love for you to talk about that. Well, if you remember, Elijah was... He was on the mountaintop. He was having this mountaintop experience. He was happy. Everything was going great. And then what happened? He fell into depression is what happened. And I think a lot of times as women, we do face depression. And we are, as you're saying, Brad, we, we, we like to talk about it to God, but we don't necessarily like to talk about it to other people because it's hard to face the fact that if we're really this up and coming Christian, we believe in God, we're we're strong in our faith that we could face depression. Well, here's the thing. We need to remember about depression, first of all. Physical symptoms happen with depression. And one of the things that God shows us when he's working with Elijah is what we need to remember. When Elijah was so tired, he was worn out, if you remember. And the very first thing, what do we see God do? We see him meet his physical needs. He provides for him. He gives him food. He tells him he gives him rest. There's physical things that we need to remember when we're dealing with depression, when we're dealing with being exhausted, that uh, necessarily opening our Bible is a good thing. But if we don't know how to practically put things into place, we don't get much help there. And God was very practical when he was dealing with Elijah and saying, here, you need to eat, you need to sleep. 
And, uh, you know, I always tell people, <clears throat> if you need medication, there, there are physical chemicals in our brain that are altered when we feel depressed. And if we need any kind of counseling, if we need medication, there's no shame in that. Um, I think a lot of times, Brad, and this is just Shannon talking here, uh, from my counseling perspective, I have seen some women, Christian women, feel shamed if uh, their faith wasn't enough to get them through their depression. Hmm. And um, I personally don't, well, like I say in the book, sometimes we need medication. We, we don't need a cookie. You know, we need something yeah. to help us yeah. get through what we're going through. And so um, I, I, I know that I've talked to a lot of women who have been shamed and said, you know, if you just have more faith, uh, you wouldn't feel this way. Mm. Uh, you need to just pick yourself up by your bootstraps and have more faith and be joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Well, all that's true. But if our chemicals, uh, if the chemicals in our brain are altered, we don't always have the clear ability to think with the, with the joy of the Lord. Uh, we need something to help us. God created us with chemicals in our mind, in our in our brain for a reason. And if those are out of balance, we need to find out how to get those back in balance. So that's where good Christian counseling comes into play, like you're talking about, because they will be able to help us in that area if that is something that we need. And there is no shame in that. No shame whatsoever. Well, I, I'm glad you you said that. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, uh, serotonin is real important for the functioning of our brain. And um, I've, I've talked with a lot of moms. Postpartum depression <laughs> is a thing. Um you know, if you have children, it's very common uh, for yeah. a mom to go through a period of depression. It can last months, and there's nothing wrong with them. It's just how the body's responding to a pregnancy. Um, and I, I just think I love the way that you've approached this. You've lived through this. It's not theory to you. You've written about something that you have personally walked through with God. You have seen him for yourself. And so that carries a credibility with it beyond just another expert sort of giving us a checklist of how to succeed. Um, you are empathizing with the person and you are coming alongside of them and saying, I made it through and you can too. And so thank you for writing this book. You are so very welcome. And, and like I said, when we realize that we, the, the grace and guts again is, is around a boxing theme. Um, yeah. And when we look at life, it really does feel like a boxing ring, <clears throat> excuse me, so many times. And when we feel like we're on the ropes and somebody is just pummeling us over and over and over, we need to have practical tools, but we need always have God's word because if we don't have the truth to ground us and to help us to know where we need to, you know, find the, 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 the balance there, then we can get thrown off track. And so that was my goal of writing this book is just to say, hey, there's practical ways to deal with this, but there's always God's word that takes us back to how we can know that we're doing the right things when we when we trust in his word and when we look at how to practically put that into place. And so we face an enemy. We have an enemy in the ring of life. And so we have to know how to strap on our gloves and throw that knockout punch with the truth of God's word, because that's the way we're going to win. Hmm. Well, Shannon, it's been so wonderful having you on today. And I, I couldn't agree more with the things and you're just your your perspective. You've obviously uh, learned so much through just going through the things that you've gone through. And I love that you've taken the time to reflect on that and to to help others know that they can step up to these challenges that we all face. So thank you for taking time today to visit with us. And we highly recommend people find your book um, anywhere. I'm assuming Amazon uh, Guts and Grace by uh, Shannon Perry. So go out and get it. Yeah, well, I sure appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for the taking the time to, to tell everybody about the book and, and to just Allow me to share my story with you. You guys are doing an awesome job. Thanks so honor. much for having me on.
Thank you very much. And I appreciate you putting up with Robert today. That was awesome. <laughs> oh, come on. I will. And that whole difficult person, you know, yeah. I, that, that's all. No, I'm you've given me some things to think about. I, you know, I, I, I think I'm going to. We're going to be better for this. Just, so thank you, Shannon. Just pray for just, me, Shannon. Just, just, lay out, just lay out the sea otters, would you? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I will. Sorry. I'll back off the sea otters. <laughs> thank you so much. God bless. For those who are just thank tuning in, ShannonPerry.com. You can get her book. You can find out more about Shannon and the ministry that she does for women. God bless. Have a great day. Thank you. Blessings to you guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Brad, you know I'm a foodie, right? Absolutely. Okay, I want to tell you about this awesome coffee experience. It's called CJ's Coffee Culture and Community. It is a faith-run coffee culture. And the thing that's really cool about this is that they roast their own beans, they have delicious coffees, and they, they have two brick and mortar, so two coffee bars, as well as a virtual location at cjscoffeecafe.com. Here's the cool thing. They ship their beans, they ship their coffee anywhere in the world, so you don't just have to be in Texas to enjoy it. CJ's Coffee Culture and Community. Awesome. Well, Robert, she is uh, full of wisdom and experience. Yeah. You can just tell she had a lot more to talk about. She, I can see why she's a, a popular speaker and yeah. author. She's got a lot of insight and sure knows how to communicate effectively. Man, she had some quotes. I was writing them down. Uh, the the snot in the carpet cry. Yeah. I haven't heard that before, but I got it. Yeah. You know, um, those moments in life when you just cannot figure out what is going on. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that we addressed the the idea of counseling because I, I do think there still is the stigma about mental health in our country that we need to get past. You know, um, reaching out and asking for help is actually an act of courage. It's not. It's right. not something to be yeah. ashamed of or to feel like it's a weakness. I mean, it really is. It really is an act of courage. And the more we talk about it, the more normal it becomes. And so I'm glad that she addressed. I'm glad you asked the question, but I'm glad that she addressed it the way she did because I think there's. There's a significant thing. If, if there's a listener out there dealing with some hard stuff, there's no shame in reaching out and trying to find someone professional to help you process through something. I mean, we take care of our bodies. If we feel ill, we go to a doctor to, to get some wisdom that is beyond our ability to fix ourselves. And so why not with our mental health as well? You know, go to professionals that can help us uh, get on the path to, to being better people. And so I'm glad she she brought that up. Yeah, I you know I'm thinking about Elijah, and you, if you're familiar with that that passage of the the Old Testament, I mean he he was he was in a dark place, mm-hmm. and he kept saying to God like I'm the only one. Right. And he said, No, there's thousands of people that haven't bowed the knee to Baal. Uh, and then he's like, Just kill me, you know. Mm-hmm. Like he literally tells yeah, God, Just take place. me because I'm, I'm done. You know, I'm I'm worn out. That is a crying, you know, snot in the carpet kind of prayer. Absolutely. Uh, when you're ready for God just to to take your life. And this is this is a holy man. Yeah, exactly. You know? This is a guy who could call down fire from <clears throat> right. heaven. You know, this is burn it up. This isn't a lightweight as no. they say in the Christian circles, but in my uh experience as a pastor, there is a thing called spiritual oppression. There are spiritual battles that people need to fight uh that that have to do with depression and and feeling intimidated and and, and anxious. But there's also serotonin levels that okay. can be measured and issues that are genetic and DNA. Just like I have to take insulin for diabetes and my body doesn't make the right amount mm. for me. Uh, some people don't make the right amount of serotonin. I right. mean, it's that simple. Right. 
Um, so I'm glad she brings those kinds of practical uh, insights into her book, and even the twelve things that uh, twelve most common things that women struggle with, and <clears throat> you know this idea that moms who no longer have kids in the home are really wrestling with what's my purpose but, now. Yeah. I mean, this is your book. If right. you're listening and you're saying that's me, you know, I, I'm not sure what to do now. Um, I think this could be a fantastic uh, encouragement and also guide to walking through that season of your life. Completely agree. Well, we've been uh, recently just talking with Shannon Perry. She's uh, a very certified lady. I mean, she has two master's degrees, uh, one in education and one in counseling. She's written four books Hmm. um, and uh, has started and and spoken in four different women's conferences over the last 20 years. So she has uh, a lot of experience in helping women walk through different phases and stages of life. So if you're interested in knowing more about Shannon, we'll have lots of links on our podcast page at brilliantlybraveparenting.com, or you can go directly to her website at shannonperry.com. As always, we're so glad that you spent a little time with us today. And, uh, We appreciate any comments that you can leave on any platform that you're hearing us through and uh, as many stars as you... uh, How many stars, Robert? As many. I'm not going to coerce people. Five. Five stars, Five stars would be awesome if you feel it, but I'm not going to... I I don't do the four and a half thing. I think it's five. That's... Okay. Yeah. Then just remember Brad told you five stars. I'm saying whatever your heart needs. And remember Robert was wondering what sea otter tasted like. Okay. Thanks for visiting with us today. We'll see you here again next week. See you guys. Bye. Be encouraged, parents. You are not alone. In Paul's letter to his son in the faith, Timothy, he writes, But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Brilliantly Brave Parenting wants to be an encouragement and support that parents can rely on. Would you consider liking us and sharing us with a friend? As a part of the Tween Gospel Alliance, we are a nonprofit organization dependent on the support of friends like you. Thanks for stopping by. We'll be right here next week. We are excited to announce the Storms of Life study, Living Beyond Stressed Out and Overwhelmed. It's a great subtitle, Living Beyond Stressed Out and Overwhelmed. Yeah, I mean, at this point, we know that students are stressed. And for parents and pastors, it's important to know what are the top three things that are really on the minds of our kids. So Brad, walk us through what they can expect from the Storms of Life. This is an eight-week study. It has uh, video insights. It has uh, presentations from a actual youth retreat with junior high and high school students. These kids are going to learn about how their faith can help them fight back the stress that they're living with every day at school. Check it out on iShineLive.com. You know, Robert, every parent, every pastor is looking for resources that are new and insightful for their kids. So true. So so where do we go? Well, with the advent of iShineLive.com, we have a web store. And in that web store, we've got resources. Like what? We've got resources like Bibles. We've got devotionals. We even have journals for kids. Do you have music? We do have music. And video? Absolutely. Wow. And everything's been designed for the preteen and tween in your life. Who needs Amazon? iShineLive.com. Check it out.